Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, a psychologist, health coach, and married mom of two boys. I went from a frazzled mompreneur who hits snooze until the last possible moment to a vibrant business owner who jumps out of bed at 5 a.m. excited about my day. I once felt completely overwhelmed by my endless task list, but have learned how to work smarter, not harder, by studying health habits, mindset, and time management. I love to teach others how to implement top recommendations for health, happiness, and success. Yes, busy moms can learn how to stop picking at your kids' leftover food, create a daily exercise routine, and stay on top of the to-do list so you go to bed feeling fantastic about your day. Tune in each week as I share my best strategies for creating and sustaining daily habits for a healthy lifestyle and chat with other experts in the health and wellness industry. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Perlman. This is the Healthy Habits for Life show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Carol Perlman, and today we're talking about a really unique topic as something a little bit different from my usual conversations. But um, as I think about the overall umbrella of healthy habits, Mm -hmm. what we're going to talk about today is actually a really important part of it. So I have with me a guest, Lynn Lambrecht, and Lynn is um, someone that I met through Facebook, and I have to just give Facebook a little shout out for all these great connections that I've been making, and I'm really blessed to to learn more about all the interesting work that people are doing all over the place. And Lynn's passion and her business is helping people prepare for all sorts of contingencies that we might run into at home and at work. And it's not something we necessarily like to think about. And you may even feel a little compelled to turn off this episode and fast forward to one that's a little lighter and fluffier. But I really want to encourage you to hang in and take a listen because this, this work that Lynn does is really important and it's really steps that we all need to do and we'll actually feel much better once we get to the other side of all this work and putting um, procedures in place, it really feels amazing, but I know we can predict it might feel a little temporarily anxiety provoking. So just hang in there um, and we'll get to the other side of it. So Lynn, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Carol, thank you. And you guys, honestly, you might have to breathe a little bit, but this is truly a healthy habit. And the habit is to get, that we're getting into is to look after ourselves and to ask ourselves what we want and what and determine what we need. And it is so empowering. But I will, yes, the topic can be uncomfortable because if there's an accident, illness, and you know, subsequently we do uh, will not always be here on this planet, then you know, what are the things that we need to have in place? And that's what I created by starting the living planner yeah. because I want us to take care of things while we're living. Yeah. And it always, as I said, it really does feel better when you have your plans in place, but it, it can be a little uncomfortable. So let's back up, Lynn. You have a really fascinating story of how you got into this work. I imagine, you know, as a little kid in elementary school, it may not have been the thing that you saw yourself doing, no. but can you tell us the story of how you got into this work? I, I got a little preview of this and it's a really fascinating story. So can you share this? I'd be happy to, and I'll try to keep it brief because I'll tell you, I've had a lot of years under my belt. And what's fascinating to me is 
I am the, this, what I'm doing now is the evolution of my life. Basically. Um, I come from a family of doctors and dentists. I was kind of the, uh, afterthought child, um, at the end of the, at the end of the line for my parents. And when I went to college and graduate school, um, I was paying for school myself and I was an emer- I got a lot of crisis intervention training. And when I started my career in aviation um, and I was, you know, I've lived, I've had the opportunity to work on six continents um, and I have traveled to seven and it's, you know, a fascinating kind of life when you travel and see a lot. But my first day on the job, um, I was asked if I would consider becoming an emergency team responder for an airline. And my my immediate reply was, please tell me what that entails. And I was told that if we were to ever have an airplane accident, um, I would be part of a team that would come and work on site and be assigned to be with a family or where the families gather or work in the command center or work on the ground and in the morgue. And I, my reply was, yes, you know, please count me in. Um, It's interesting. I'm the chocolate covered marshmallow. Um, I'm a big fat sap on the inside, but I do have a little bit of a coating. I have a really strong service heart and it's just, you know, kind of my being to try to do what I can to make things better for everyone. Um, So, you know, you say these kinds of things of, oh, yes, I'll sign up. And, you know, when you're just out of school and 22 years old um, and I worked two airplane crashes in my 20s. So the first one, um, no one had lived. And the second one, everyone had lived. So I saw different experiences on both sides. Um, And it was intriguing for me. The first one, it was horrifying. And yet it was also I was working the ground and in the morgue, but then I headed up the crisis phone lines for the family members. And I know that that is my, must have been my first ping in my brain of why I would ultimately do what I'm doing now, because I was heartbroken that people weren't as able to grieve in the loss of that, in that, those moments, because they were uncertain about the practical things, the day-to-day things that their loved one had actually done. And, you know, being um, the youngest, I think I had observed in my own family a lack of conversation about this topic. Let's just put it that way. Of course, Um, because families don't really want to talk about this, right? No, because it's, you know, it's a fragile topic and mortality. You know, we I think we all know we're not going to be here forever, but the discussion of it brings it to light and and feels pretty uncomfortable, I think, for people. And yet um, the piece that I kept on thinking of was now that that main person or a main person in someone else's life was no longer there, um, there's a huge void. And so how does life begin again? And especially when you don't understand the practical stuff. But the other fascinating thing that I kept finding was in crash number two, when everyone lived, um, I was in my late 20s and it was a younger Uh, person in early 30s um, who had third degree burns over most of the body and wasn't able to handle day-to-day function and life. And um, the parents had no idea about any of the day-to-day kind of how to get into uh, the residence, where the banking was, are there legal documents, you know, clueless. And, you know, understandably on that one too, because as the single person helping, my parents didn't know anything about my stuff 
either. Mm-hmm. And so it was really kind of a um, unique experience to ch- in years back when privacy laws weren't as intense, I could work with our attorneys and try to help facilitate. Now, because we've had so many breaches with the uh, you know ongoing development of technology and the hacking stuff that's going on and identity theft and all the rest, we have such laws that are protecting this that I don't know how we could make it easier unless we actually do some things in advance. And so that's a lot of um, why I'm doing what I do. Um, and it's, it's so meaningful. And, you know, you, I love how you describe yourself, you know, you have a service heart and that clearly was there. You know, you were just born with that for someone so young in, um, you know, in your college and post-college years to be so willing to say, yes, I will take on this meaningful, but difficult job. You clearly had a service heart, but also a little bit of a toughness that you, that one would need in order to do that work. And, and, you know, I can tell in just the few interactions I've had with you that you strike such a wonderful balance between the two. And so I'd love to hear how, so if we fast forward a bit, so how are you helping people now to, to do this task of, um, kind of preparing for various contingencies. Okay. So my older brother and sister would tell you that I was dropped by aliens. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that I look at life a little bit differently because for me, there's always a way. Okay. And I love the professionals that help us with our finances and choosing policy, insurance policies, and, you know, getting the legal documents and all of that stuff. Yet they talk their lingo and they talk in their lane and it's not always threaded across to incorporate like truly what our day-to-day life is, all the stuff we do on autopilot. So I'm kind of like the one who breaks it all down and wants to look at it more holistically. Mm -hmm. And that is um, my my gift um, because I have run a multinational company. I love, you know, all of that businessy side, yet how do we apply it? Mm -hmm. And how do we apply it at home? And how do we apply it at work? Um, you know, when I look at when I look at things, I look at it almost from a risk mitigation side from that's my corporate. I can tell it's my corporate side, but it's also, hey, how do we make it easy? So for me, when I was first doing this stuff in my 20s, I thought, OK, I'm going to leave a trail of breadcrumbs. So I like to find ways to um, make it more helpful for me. Also, because I think that in some ways, when something seems like it's so far in the future, we put it off. And so for me, I was like, who can help me? And I hadn't realized until crash number two, that, um, this stuff wasn't just about after when we're dying. This is about while we're living. It's a really good point. If I just can jump in for a moment, because I hear so many people say this and I would say the same thing that these days, keeping track of all these passwords is so overwhelming and most people don't have a great system. And so as much as we will be getting into talking about planning for the, you know, undesired situation, we are not here. This may also help us for just conducting our day-to-day life. So it, that's and it does. Helpful. And I think um, the thing for me, Carol, is that I realized I didn't want to work in the reactive space anymore. I wanted to actually heal from that myself. Um, this is when the marshmallow part of me comes up. And so yeah. Um, I thought, you know what, let's go be a proactive cheerleader because 60% of Americans still don't have a will or advanced directives. 
um, I saw the gap and the need. And um, it just seemed to me that as business, even in business, um, whether you're leading a department or a business owner or a worker, I mean, who's there to help you manage your day-to-day stuff? Who's your backup? That's actually a a really good point that I just want to highlight that what we're going to be talking about is relevant for your home life, but it's also relevant for your job. And um, this the scenario when someone might be might might need to step in and do some of the things that you do day to day. So um, can I fast forward you a little bit more? Yes. Can you tell us about the planner and yeah. how that works and also the course that you told me about and how you make this into manageable bite sized pieces for people? So I wrote a book, The Living Planner, What to Prepare Now While You Were Living. And I wrote it more from a lay person perspective and I cover pre-planning topics, you know, whether that is planning and organizing at home and documenting your stuff or your banking, financial kind of things or the legal things, all of that from the pre-planning, the whole estate planning. But then I talk about the at a loss because, you know, um, there are certain things to be watchful of and to handle when someone actually does leave, you know, leave this planet. And then the third part is the ongoing follow-up. There's an administrative side to life that we don't know about. We're never really taught. And yet there's a lot of things to close out. And then I have appendices um, that, you know, have get us started, like what, what our contact list and our general health and information and where our documents are and, you know, who are those people that we're contacting. So that's kind of the book. And I update it every year. What I learned from that, though, is that people love it, but they get scared of it. And it's overwhelming, even though it's written in small little chapters. And so it collects dust. And so I um, what I did is I put all this kind of information into online courses. And one of them it contains all the sections of my book. And I call that the Pass It On Life series. But the others are all the pieces of the book. So if you want just a chunk, if you want to just say, okay, hmm, I want to pre-plan and organize. Okay, get that. It's fine. <laughs> or if you want to document your items of importance, go there. Um, if you, you know, if yeah. the banking matter. So each section is now done. When I ran my beta group, it was pretty fun because I had people across generations, um, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And Um, So I now have, I have videos, I have little audios, I have like little actions to take homework and things of that, that are of that nature. And what did people tell you? So this is so interesting because it really aligns what you found really aligns with my philosophy about health and fitness that I know a lot of people spend so much money in all these programs and they sit around and they collect dust because they never really create the actual habit of using them. And that's my mission is to prevent that dust collection and teach people how to implement these habits. So what did you find? So people who were just getting the book were were getting overwhelmed and they weren't able to take action. And when you broke it down and and created these interactive courses, what did you find about how well, the people courses were able are, to are, are new because what I did is I've li- I literally had a beta group and it was the beta group that said, number one, Lynn, we had no idea there, that this was all this kind of stuff that we should be paying attention to. Number two, oh my God, thank you for giving little actions to take at the end of each because at least it got me going. Yeah. And so, you know, when you, but then the whole course, they're like, ah, break it down into pieces. And so I did. But, you know, some people want all the pieces too. And so I, you know, they provided that the other side though, Carol, I decided to have a little fun because pets are family too. 
And so I created three little sections for pets. One is for pet care and comfort. One is for pet protection, because if something happens to us, what happens to our pets? Um, And then the third one was pet emergency planning. So that was a different piece. And then, um, and those are all their, their prices associated with those. But then I have a business step-in planning that is a free survey that is just available for people that are in businesses and work so that we can take a look at things differently because I'm like the people, pets, and business person that Mm. combines my life. So yeah, you cover, you really, it's, it's all encompassing, which is amazing. So I always like to give my listeners some, some, some concrete tips that they can yep. start putting into action as they listen to this. So can we get into that? And, you know, I know there's a lot that people could and really should cover to really be prepared, but it's if we're okay. just going to take where some you baby start steps. is where you start. So it's yeah, all so tell us about what would be the first step that someone could take to feel like they are more prepared for contingencies. All right, get off your phone and get into life. And who are the people that you contact regularly? Because if somebody doesn't have access to your phone, they don't know. And um, if something happened, you know, to you um, or to your loved one, same with anyone in your family, who are those people and establish a contact list? Like you want a hit list. And I, I tend to have like my family piece, people up there first and some dear friends and then, you know, work contacts, people that are counting on you and my volunteer work, who's yeah. counting on you. And where would you recommend that people save that list? It depends on where the rest of that is. Okay. Um, I'm like jumping ahead, me, aren't you? Yeah. Well, well, for me, it's, you know, with my powers of attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, cause it, I have that associated with the people that are going to help me if I need it and okay. powers of attorney are only associated when we're living. Um, but I also, I have this big in case of emergency binder, it's in there, um, at home and people have access to keys to, to my place and all okay. of that stuff. So I have like my little punch list. So designated place, probably not in your phone or computer, because someone might not be able to get into that. So a physical document. I print it um, out actually. Yeah. Um, okay. but I, but again, I'm a plan A, B and C person. So mm-hmm. I have it, um, shared with my, with people, but I also have a printed copy and I have, um, you know, I have it in a, like a safe drive that is shared with only two people. Yeah. Okay. Very smart. <laughs> All right. What's number two, once we get that done, what, what are we ready to move on to? Let's think about you and think about your health. Um, I know that in caring for my parents with my dad's Alzheimer's and with my mom's heart issues, I want, and even for myself, what is the general health? Um, Do you have prescriptions that you're taking? What are they? What are the dosages? Because, you know, if your parent, if somebody that you know, um, if you need to be their voice for a second, you need to know what's going on with them. So what are the prescriptions taken? What are the past surgeries and when were they that have happened? And are there health conditions that, you know, that somebody would need to know about? Should there be a time for them to know? Okay. Which is a really good point. I mean, some people have medical ID bracelets, um, which is helpful, but there are many conditions that people have that don't leave them. Yeah. And then that they don't, that don't lead them to wear one of those bracelets. So that's really helpful. Um, and then, so that would go along with that document of the contact list, presumably. Well, it can, but I mean, I'm also the one that puts it in my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm in my little documentation area. I'm careful 
because it's public. And, um, but you know, if you are, if your phone is locked, there's an emergency piece down at the bottom. Yeah. And so it's on Apple and on Google that you can do this, you know, like medical ID section. Mm-hmm. And so you can list information inside of there that would be very helpful. Like I'm O negative in blood. Yeah. That's silent. Who would, you know, and I can't receive blood from anybody other than mm-hmm. an O negative. So, you know, I put information like that and my, you know, primary physician contact number, you know, my powers of it. I'm, I'm very on top of it that way, but that's just because I do, I, I, I fly solo. So I need people to know the stuff. Yeah. That's very smart that we can take advantage of those functions of our smartphones now. Yeah. Okay. Um, what would be, so that's number three is where to store these important Documents. documents. Yeah. And then what's number four? What's the next tip for us? Online access is everything these days, you guys. And so this creating a system to ensure that you're protected while allowing access should someone need it is the trick. And so for me, um, it was just to bring awareness first. And I every time I logged into something with a username and a password, I just jotted it down. And I did that first for one day. And then I did it for a week. And then I did it for a quarter and I thought of any time, you know, and I just established a whole baseline. Now people use password storage areas. I mean, and, and, and like, like LastPass and all these other kinds of things. I'm also the geek that um, lived and worked in China. So I'm a little, um, I love tech, but I'm also susceptible to thinking what happens if the hackers get into that one and then they have my access to everything. So I'm a little more cautious on that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm, you know, I store it in a way that um, for me works. And that is, you know, I make sure again, I print it out every year so that it's in my ice binder, but I also, um, I have a document that I keep updated that I call something completely crazy that um, I'm not going to share here, but uh, my, all of my, important my trusted people my powers of attorney mm-hmm. are the ones that know where that is and so develop something for you that works yeah so i know what happens is we end up changing these passwords all the time so it would be important yes. to keep up with it Update you know you it. get locked out of something you have to change it so you have to really create that habit and create that connection in your head. Okay. I'm changing a password. I need to update the document, update my document yeah. and just know that some things you're only maybe signing in once a year. Yeah. Or once every, you know, I mean, it's not every day. Um, think about your apps and all your social media accounts too, because apps are everywhere now too. And frankly, we all have usernames and passwords with that too. And remember the security questions. Oh my goodness. It's a lot. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, okay. And the big finale, number five. An emergency plan, please. Um, and I look at that, remember that I, I, I call my business the living planner for a reason. Um, we have fires, we have tornadoes, we have hurricanes, we have floods, we have earthquakes, we have many things that happen. And I think in some ways we all expect, okay, this will happen when I'm home. Well, what happens if it's not? Or what happens if it is? And, you know, you've got to get out fast. Are you ready? So that is a little emergency plan. Um, And it's to establish that, please, for you and your family and your workplace. So can you give me an example of what, what would be some things that would be included in an emergency plan? 
I have a whole document you want, and I can, I'd be happy to send a link for, if you'd like, um, okay. for me to it's a lot, probably. share. Yeah. I have, it, what I did is I put it on like a punch list okay. and it's whether it's, you know, establishing gallons of water for drinking, um, and for you and your pets. I mean, you've got to think about and for everyone in your family, mm -hmm. um, whether it's having an alternative power source, whether it's, um, bringing your, like making sure that you've got access to prescriptions. What about your computer? What about your passwords? What about your policies? I mean, if your place burns down, do you have your home insurance policy with you? You know, mm -hmm. it, it's just, it's kind of crazy. But if we needed to start over again, what do you need? And in each family, in each situation, that's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. But um, I try to be pretty flexible with it. And I, when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with people, we get into the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. So if I was sitting with someone right now, the question I would ask is, is what's your level of distress? You know, how, how much has it risen in the course of this conversation? I know mine's up a little bit, but I also feel really empowered like it's a little overwhelming. Wow, there's a lot to do, but I feel like you are giving us a system that's going to make it doable. And um, you know, I'm all I'm always talking about taking big projects and breaking them down into smaller pieces. So I really do feel confident that it is doable. You don't have to do the whole it thing is. tomorrow, but nope. if you can make that a goal for this year, I mean, it's really great timing. Um, this episode is going to air, I think, in the beginning of January. Um, so it's really great timing to make it a goal for 2022 to put this in place. And it might be something that you chip away at little by little. Um, but in that year, you get it done. And that's really going to feel so fantastic. I know my husband and I had that will on our to-do list for the longest time, and we just dreaded it. And then one day, somehow, we bumped it to the top of the priority list, and we got it done. And it, it you know, it's it's not the most fun task to do. It was hard, but wow, when it was done, it felt really, really good to just know that that is taken care of. Well, and know that you can change your mind yeah. at any time. Yeah. And those things can like that, they can be updated. Cause I think there's a, an interesting relief part of saying I have it done, but okay, you guys, I did my first like legal document stuff when I was 28 I'm quite a bit older and I've had many updates since because yeah. state and national laws change. Yeah. My choices change, you know, things go on. So um, I think once we get over the initial hump, it's like we grumble when it, we do our taxes and we grumble when we do this. Yeah. But it feels really good. Yeah. Well, when, when we file those taxes, it feels great. And I think, Lynn, that was a really good point that you made because I can imagine you know, as someone who teaches problem solving skills um, and teaches people, one of the biggest things I try to teach people is to be a problem solver and be on the lookout for what's getting in the way. And I can imagine that having to make a decision when you think about all these important areas, what could get people stuck and could lead them to procrastinate is feeling like they, they don't know how to decide, exactly. you know, who, like with the will, for example, you know, who's going to take what role. And that's really a great, or who's going to get care for my kids. Right. And so just knowing that that decision isn't yep. permanent, it's not the only chance you get to make it, no. you can update it. I think that will be really helpful so that people can get started and, and go through it. No, it doesn't have to be done perfectly. You're going to have another chance to make changes, but just get in there and get started and it will feel so much better. One step at a time. How do we eat an elephant? So yeah, it's all okay. And I just thank you for the opportunity to um, be here today and encourage you as the year starts 
don't worry, set your end goal. I mean, it could be 18 months. I've worked with people when we've done stuff for over two years. So it's your timeline, but make a commitment to yourself. And boy, that's the part that is empowering to say, okay, I did it. A little piece. (gasps) That one's done. Okay. What's next? It'll feel great. So Lynn, I know I'm going to be, um, keeping in close contact with you to make sure that you hold me accountable to this. So where can people find you if they want more information, if they want to learn more about the course that you talked about, your book, where can they find that information? Well, I have my website is um, thelivingplanner.com. That's the general one. And I've done like a little subdivision for the courses and it's um, HTTPS courses.thelivingplanner.com slash home. And that has like all of them and have all like all the little info videos and all that stuff. But you know what, Lynn at the livingplanner.com, reach out via email um, anytime. And And are you on social media? I am. Yeah, we're. Well, um, the Living Planner is on Twitter and Instagram and (laughs) Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. A little bit of everywhere. You're everywhere. All right. Well, get ready. We are going to be finding you. Um, For all of you who are listening to this, give yourself a pat on the back for sticking it out and being willing to hear the hard and consider doing the hard um, because it will really pay off. Doing hard things always um, pays off in the end. And I know we can do this. And so Lynn, I'm making a commitment to you that by the end of 2022, I'm going to be in really good shape and have made my way through the living planner. And I'm going to reach out to you and let you know Uh, Yeah. And don't worry, I'll be like a little bad penny circling back. I hope you will. I give you I give you permission to do that. So okay, good. Thank you so much for being here today. This was such great information. And I know many people will uh, benefit from it. So I thank you so much. I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed. And we will be in touch soon. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for listening. I'll be back next week. Hello, friends. It's Carol Perlman coming on to say hello. And thank you so much for listening. I hope you've been enjoying these episodes as much as I've enjoyed creating them for you. I wanted to make sure you knew about a special program that is currently being offered on my website. If you go to www.healthybenumber4lifebycarolperlman.com, you'll see more information about my current time management classes. If you follow me on social media, if you listen to my podcast, you know that I believe time management is behind almost every single one of your goals. And the more you can perfect your skills in time management, the more successful you're going to be in reaching your goals. I have created what I believe is a really outstanding class. I've been studying time management for years. I've been perfecting my own system and I've been teaching others for almost 15 years now. I created an online course, a 21-day habit formation course that is now available to you. They, quote unquote, they say it takes 21 days to create a new habit. And I find that that is often time the case. So go look on the website, healthyforlifebycarolperlman.com, and you will see current offerings. I have several different time management classes for specific audiences. But the general one is just the It's About Time, Time Management class. You'll see all the details there. You'll see the upcoming start date. And there's always the opportunity to buy the workbook and complete the course as a self-paced course and take it at your own speed. It's one exercise a day. All you need to commit is 10, maybe 15 minutes a day. 
Step-by-step, you will create new habits that last a lifetime for better time management. Check it out. And I hope to see you in one of the classes. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Healthy Habits for Life. If you loved today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.